isn't it sad, man? Like it's freaking it's the end of the season, bro. Uh, oh wait, we got. Ah, give me the mic. Ah, it's Flores Life Ah, no, it's here. Come on, man. Oh, this uh, is the mic. Okay. Hey, did you hear, bro? Wow. It's like season one of Rex Reed. It's like over, bro. It's on. Wow. How many episodes you do? Like sixteen. Six whole teens. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting and crazy at the that's same time. Also, like very nice and cool. But wow. you know what? Also, I heard how much. <laughs> 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 but like, uh, what did you ask me the question before? Did you know what happened like last time? The episode of one before. I didn't even know what this is, man. Oh man, okay, I think we have to do last next farewells. Okay, bye now for for for, for now on seasons. Season one over, done. Wow, what a season! Yeah. I'm, now I'm introducing all of the characters. Hello, British youth. Oh yeah, like man, like me, like do them things. You get me, like you know what I'm saying, like it's my like one shot, like man, like me can rap, like you get me, like I, and, like, like like okay. I know my English is not as good as you, but you sound like you're not talking proper. What you talk about, man? Like, I'm talking like proper English, like like proper proper. Like Queen English. Like, like better than that. Like medieval. Me. Like I got like A minus English. Ah, like, whatever. In, like, year one. Now we go on to the Western Hemisphere, the Americans. Hey y'all, y'all go crazy, bro. Oh, he sounds like a farm animal. Yeah, dude, like, I'm friggin' losing it, man. Like, I don't even know what to do right oh, now. Oh, you sound like you take medicine weeds. Tanner, yeah, pass, me on, the, bro, like pass, a, pass me the bomb, gotta, Tanner. Come on, like, spark up, bro. Like, come on. you sound like? Hello, Watson. Hello, Siri. Apparently, we're doing farewell. Hey, <laughs> uh, yes, this is goodbye. Did you mean good night? Did you mean call Johnson? Hello, Johnson. Schedule for Johnson. Did you mean season two? Did you mean good day? Okay, Watson. Apparently, we're having a misunderstanding. Did we you mean misconception? Did you mean shut up, Watson? Did you mean I'm going to kill you? Did you mean you didn't do I'm that? I'm going to rip your brother board, Watson. I, I will rip your theory. I will heal you, theory. <laughs> Uh, well, we can't have everybody say goodbye, so we'll just do like a like a rapid rapid guy. Let's start with. Hi, I'm just here to say goodbye. Hey, it's me, Omo. I'm here to say bye. I love you. Well, it's none of my business. Bye, Omo. Bye. See ya. I, I, are you know, you already know what it is, dog. Yo, yo sorry about yeah. that inconvenience. Yo, though. like, my like, yo. Like, yo, remember that one time we took over an episode? Yo, fam, I'm on my eighth book, so shout out to you, Boski. <laughs> bro, like, my, like yo. I live in the library, bro, fam. You're talking about shout out to books, man. I will rip your jaw, Nisi. Yo, fam, holla at me, though. I mean, oh, holy, Mitch Marner was not in that hockey game, <laughs> but my farm and my car was too much. Bye. See you later. Sorry. <laughs> get, hey, get, hey, get your money. Come on, get your money. Listen, we did that episode on economics, and that episode was through the roof. Oh my god, 1%? Talk about 0.5. Talk about the top 1%. I'm not talking about that. I'm Bernie Sanders, and I say, and I approve. Are we doing, are we doing Donald Trump? Is, is this Donald Trump? <laughs> Wrong. False. Big news. Uh, hey man, this is like an, uh, you know what I'm saying, like a, you know what I'm saying, like an appreciation post to, um, all the people that listen, if you listen to once, thanks, if you listen to all the episodes, thanks, if you listen to a couple episodes, thanks, if you enjoyed it, thanks, if you learned anything, share, you know what I'm saying, let people know, be like, hey, hey, this is what we're listening to, and you know what I'm saying, we like it, shout out to people in random countries that I didn't think would ever uh listen to it um canada obviously united states crazy uk wow um australia great stuff somalia hey hanulato um <laughs> <laughs> uh, egypt shout out to idris uh, denmark there's an undefined country shout out to you uae norway hey shout out to you am i greek man germany indonesia sweden japan romania brazil france netherlands kenya Israel, Republic of Congo, Spain, Austria, Ireland, South Africa, Sonic. Mexico, Zambia, Thailand, freaking dying, bro. Colombia, 
Pakistan, Belgium, Russian Federation, uh, Gustavia, <laughs> Myanmar, Andorra, Finland, and the list goes Filipino, Philippines, Vietnam. That's crazy, bro. So is that um, Dominican Republic? This is literally <laughs> two minutes of me saying every country that I ever listened to the podcast. So shout out to you guys. You know what I'm saying? Much appreciate. And hey, um, it is what it is, man. Uh, I really appreciate anybody that listened. We all do. So hey, say some stuff, guys. I feel like I'm gonna cry. Man, <laughs> man I just want, I just want to say. Like, like real talk, bro. Y'all go crazy, bro. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. You already know what is my. Thank you very much. It's uh, it's uh, it's an honor. We're humbled. Hey, thanks. And hey, if you liked it, share it. Um, pass it on. Have fun with it. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> Just because we're done right. making episodes doesn't cool. mean you can't listen to it again. Yes. yes. Replay value. I Run think. up those numbers, dude. Hey, count it up. Count it up. Right. Trying to get sponsored out here. Wow. 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 Money. <laughs> funds. Okay. Bye. Uh, all right, guys. Um, welcome to episode seventeen. Season one finale. We have to bring all the wacky characters. Start off on a late note, but um, it's uh, we're gonna have a very serious conversation. Um, so, what was it Sunday? Was it Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. So Sunday, on um, in Toronto on Danforth Street, um, twelve or fifteen people were shot, two people killed, and or three people killed, inc- and including the shooter. And um, the shooter ended up being uh, 29-year-old Faisal Hassan Hussein, um, and he's, he was Muslim. And ISIS claimed um, the responsibility. There's no, yeah, apparently there's no evidence, but still, nonetheless, a very we're starting off the week very heavy, um, very sad, but there's a lot to talk about, especially on this topic. And um, we did. Uh, and we we got an email from uh, from somebody very long, very lengthy email, really expressing how they felt about the whole situation, and um, he brought up some great points, which which we're gonna use um, in like just just now. Um, but and his first point was um, how mental health played in the situation. So if you don't know, the 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 shooter um, suffered from severe mental health issues. He had uh, psychosis and depression, and it's not just him; it's other members in his family that that are also suffering from uh, mental health issues. And someone was saying his mother as well suffering from mental health issues, and um, mental health plays like a huge part in in this whole thing. So, somebody with psychosis should be in a mental institution. So, how can like how can us as members of our community, like, like, yeah, deal with this and try to prevent, like, prevent issues like this from happening. And I'll, I'll let, I'll let um, Asomali um, answer. Um, I think it's more of a question of, you know, what do we do, not to prevent the tragedies, but to get help for people who are affected by these things, right? Because there is a stigma in our community, you know, when it comes to dealing with mental health and mental health issues. So, for starters, the first thing that we need to do is to get rid of the stigma, right? Because it is sort of taboo to, you know, address these things. And our community is lacking in the way we address mental health issues, right? Whether it's, you know, people saying, oh, it's, you know, black magic or gins and things like that. Or if it's just belittling that, belittling the idea of having, you know, mental health issues. So I think it's, it begins with us as a community, how we deal with it, and how we address it, and just accepting that and it's accept- an actual yeah, issue. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, do you do you guys have any other points on it? I think the main thing is, in like our community, especially as Muslims, in Somalis, like our parents growing up, they never gave us any mental health awareness. Like, there's, like a, there's like a lack of education. Yeah, there's like a lack of education on that topic. It's always that person's probably possessed, like jinn, something like that. And I feel like w- if we, if if especially the young kids now, if we keep pushing the idea like mental health is a real thing, you know, if you feel this way, you could talk to somebody, and there's help out there, like yeah, things like that. Growing up would be a big help. But, and realistic is our responsibility. Like 
we, we could just sit here and talk about it but and not really do anything but at least we're first step is talking about it you know what i'm saying and we had a whole episode on mental health and we'll probably have like another one to come but um what like zebo was saying that their um youth to give which is in regent park had a whole uh mental health seminar well, yeah <laughs> um I'm not really too sure the details and everything, but they had a, a workshop where you know somebody came in and was discussing these issues, right? And even that, just that having that having that seminar, having a workshop, having somebody come and explain these things, talk about these things, that is a big it's a big deal, and it's 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 a big solution or it's a big step towards a solution. So I feel like you know there are steps being made, steps are being taken, and I guess it's just on us as a community to facilitate that for people who are trying to help right? whether that means you know aiding them in, in what they're doing or even just promoting people anybody who's doing anything good and it's not just in the case of mental health issues right anybody who's you know pushing something that's going to help the community and that doesn't that doesn't have to be specific to the muslim community but just the community at large yeah just people us, us as members of society exactly like we have to do better not do better we have to try and help each other mm-hmm. and progress you get what I'm saying and then and one thing else is like people will say they know about mental health issues but they'll put issues that might not be as important like they don't know the importance of the mental health issues there's like a there's like it's kind of like so, it's kind of like a afterthought someone's depressed uh like just tell them to talk to somebody they'll get over it with time yeah mm-hmm. like they don't understand what's going on through a person's mind when they're going through those stuff yeah and that we, i don't want to like talk too much about mental health because we're gonna have a, another episode on it but i wanted to ask you guys how does how does this situation affect you guys you know, hearing like you and your family's hearing this guy was a Muslim and he's a shooter. So I, I let Kobe answer. First. I remember when I first seen it on the news, I was just like praying that I wasn't a Muslim person, only because I know the backlash it would have on us. Mm-hmm. Luckily, first like they they highlighted his mental health because usually they would just like ignore that fact and yeah. because the first thing I, I heard that came out was the guy that he had mental health and yeah. then I found out he was, he was Muslim. Muslim yeah. So I like that, but. The, like when I when we first heard it and we, I heard the street it was on and I just know I was there like literally a week ago. Yeah, we're all, we're all. It could have happened to anybody. All three yeah. of us. Like luckily I was at home and everyone in my my house was at home. Yeah. I was but, just thinking it could be anybody I know out there. So like yeah. it was pretty scary to hear. I was shaken. I was completely shaken because if this guy did it a uh, one week prior, maybe a couple hours earlier. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, timing is. Uh, it's not, you know what I mean, in your hands, but it's, it's, you know what I mean, it's frightening. You're like, you're thankful that you weren't there because like, I'm talking now, but you know what I mean, you're shaking because you could have been. But um, I honestly, like, anytime I see something like that happen, um, I do pray a bit or do wish that the person isn't, like, Muslim or someone that I know or, or something like that. But I would say that I, I don't really, like... Um, I'm not really like scared about like the backlash because at the end of the day, if the person um, did do it and they like their background is Muslim or they're Arab or African or whatever their background may be, the, the truth is the truth, and you know what I mean. Let it be, and you have to deal with that situation because it's just it's just life. Yeah. Um, no, I feel like it's it's harder for us, right? Because you know these things happen to us as well, right? We're a part of the community, you know. As a community, any one of us could have been there, and we could have been the victims. But I feel like that somehow takes a backseat because uh, the, our first reaction is to be like, okay, who, who is he? Was he Muslim? And then you know, sort of try to react accordingly. But all of those things are reactionary, right? They aren't progressive, right? And I feel like because we're kind of, you know, our first initial reaction is, okay, who was he? What was he? You know, does he represent us? And you know, even though he doesn't represent us, right? As 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 Muslims, as as you, anything, right? Because, and you know, you see this with a lot of shootings or anything that happens, people look for a motive, right? Because people people like to make sense of things, like why what happened, what why happened, did it happen, yeah. right? So they look for a motive, what happened, and it's easier to say, you know, he was a terrorist, you know, he didn't like us, because then it's like, okay, there's the problem, let's go fix it. So it's easier to, to to say that because you know people are looking for a motive, but it's harder to say he had mental health issues. 
you know because then you have to you have to live with the fact that okay maybe there was nothing we could have done about it and that's scarier than you know the terrorist attack terrorist attack he was supported by this organization and and part of it too is like um the media like kind of like uh makes it the situation even worse because there's no evidence behind the fact at least right now that behind the fact that you know what i mean he was uh connected to to isis but um they still still the fact that just them bringing it up it still creates this exact same fear and making people think that he could have been a part of them you know what i mean so it's like the same thing and when you have ignorance it's gonna believe anything especially when they give you like handing it to you basically at that point and another thing about the mental health like when you see that you're thinking there's so much other people out there that are dealing with mental health like him and he, there could be another person doing the same thing that he just did yeah and if you like read the story like people the people that were um like he's like yo he's a friendly guy he's a nice guy you never know like you never it's know mental health people yeah, like, you know, it's, it's, and it's, his neighbor was saying oh, he's the nicest guy out there you know we always had a smile on his face and, and that's the thing because these things aren't something you can point out or you can't you can't you can't they're not yeah, visual you can't, you can't see you can't it. see it right and so it's it means you have to make those conversations right ask for hey how are you doing today you know how's your you know the state of your mental health and it doesn't have to be just up front like that but so just care enough to ask somebody hey how are you doing yeah or just sit down and have a conversation because mm-hmm. most of the time everybody's like, yo we saying and that's literally an empty question because you don't really care what people because yeah. then eventually they'll possibly open up to you yeah you know exactly. and usually people that have mental health issues struggle alone yeah. When they're when they're alone, that's the that's when they're the most vulnerable. Uh, <laughs> going back to what you were saying, I saw a great tweet today. It was like people can't people can um, disassociate Catholicism with the KKK, but can't disassociate Islam or ISIS. Which is uh, it's media fam. Yeah, it's selective. Which, in my opinion, is pretty crazy. But this goes um, on to my next question: is um, or I have a point before asking the question is we saw on the Danforth of a huge a huge the like, streets group of filled, filled with flowers with people, people. Which obviously it was the streets tragic. were filled it was a 10 year old and an 18 year old like girls that died extremely tragic and the community's coming together and it, it's, it's, it's 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 tragic but it's beautiful in the same way and and my question is why why don't we do that in our communities why are we selective with our grief why can't we we can't we can't have that outpour for when one of our own people die you know what i'm saying so uh, i just ask you guys and i don't know um i think this this is very important because you know i've seen some comparisons about how the city reacted to this right and how they reacted with this tragedy and with this you know act of gun violence and how they reacted with you know the previous string of gun violence over the over the last few months Right when you know Smokey when he passed away, and when other people over the last couple of months have been shot in the city, you know the reaction was, you know, these are thugs, these are gangsters, these are criminals. We have to deal with these people, and it was all about punishment, right? And then when when this happened, there was a lot of you know unity, and not to say that this is wrong, but it's like when you see that, you kind of feel like, okay, you know, why can't we have that, right? And Part of that, as a community for us specifically, you know, yes, we are the victims of these things, right? And at the same at the same time, we also have a responsibility because we are selective with how we grieve and what we choose to grieve, right? And not even about grief, it's what we, you know, react to, what we send our prayers, and, you know, our thoughts and prayers to, right? Because generally speaking, when things outside of our community happen, you know, you don't really see much reaction. Unless it's something major, right? Like the terrorist attack that happened on Young Street or, you know, this right here that happened a couple of days ago. But other than that, there isn't much reaction from things from our community. And, you know, I feel like it's our responsibility, regardless of how others react to our tragedies, we have to be there to support other people in their tragedies. And the people in our community. And the people in our community. you don't know how, we were talking about this off the mic, but we don't know how this affects just the people are like around you, like especially in in I guess if you live in a hut, people are, are, are numb to it at mm-hmm. this point, you know. And if we come together and like there were obviously there we do come together as a community, but community as a whole. So not just if it happens to what area you're from, like go out like help help people mm-hmm. and, and, and. And I feel like, I feel like like you know I can only speak from my experience, right? <clears throat> 
right? Because you don't know how other people grieve. But I know with myself, when you know when Smokey died, it was like it was I wasn't numb, but it was like you know, okay, it's another one. And over time, there is this sort of you know numbness I can say, right? With you know when people die, so it and it gets to the point where people sort of don't really. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, resonate with people that much, and if it does, it's like it's buried, because you know you can't really have that reaction constantly because you're gonna you're gonna be fatigued, yeah. right? You're gonna there's, there's there's always somebody that's 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 dying, and then it's sad because if I feel this way, then I know there are other people who are going through the same thing, who might not even recognize that. Yeah. So or for them, may not be a strong enough yeah, to, exactly. to even deal with it. Right, because so because you look around and everybody you know the whole community like knew him, right? He was you know uh, he was somebody that was very well known in the community, but in the community there isn't much reaction. So I feel like some people you know might feel like you know they're not in a place to react, or because maybe they don't deserve to react because you know they didn't know him like that. But ultimately everybody grieves, everybody grieves a certain way, and it's it's on each individual to kind of understand themselves and understand how they grieve, so that they can you know taken these things and sort of move forward but to speak on um our selective grieving i think if you were to ask a random kid just walking in our neighborhood for example ask him if he cared about um the the two kids that 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 died on sunday they would say this is this would be um kind of a closed-minded response Mm -hmm. it would be like when Smokey died they didn't they didn't line there wasn't the streets weren't filled uh, and I seen something on Twitter. People were tweeting like John, like John Tory, the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, and Doug Ford. They all just when when the when the shooting happened, they were all saying, you know, we have to work on gun violence. And they gave like huge prayers and like all that. Right? It came from a place of love. It came from a place of love. But when the Smokey and and Kosi died, the two guys. They didn't. They just said we need to stop these thugs. They didn't give. They didn't even give condolences. The way they gave for the two girls like that, I understand it's two different circumstances, but I can understand a kid from the hood thinking these guys don't care about us. They only care when someone that looks like them dies, right? So that's why we. That's why as a community we selectively grieve because we don't feel like we f- we feel like we're supposed to grieve for only people that look like us, and. The thing is, is it goes vice versa. You're not gonna find someone that doesn't live in the hood in the suburbs caring about kids in the hood dying. They don't care. Just like a kid in the hood doesn't care when uh, some random white kid dies. Street facts. And yeah, it's, it's definitely a great point. And it's just, I guess in a in a way, it's like it's like it's like um, I'm trying to find the word. We kind of like go back into our shells as opposed to what we just said like uniting as a community everybody kind of hides and even in this situation like the f- the first thing my, my mom was like she's like yo do like be careful like don't 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 like don't like do like don't try to basically, basically trying to say like don't like don't try to like don't get involved don't get involved and stuff like you know and i saw a video i don't know if you guys saw i saw a video today about just some junk white guy asking like what are you doing in my province to some oh yeah oh my day that That guy oh my oh my god and it's like and sometimes when you hear about this stuff in america all the time but when you and in Canada, like it's not us that's not us right like well there's people are people are nice and in my opinion like in canada that that racism in a way it's like it's like it's, it's hidden racism. It's different. Covert. Yeah, they so smile on your face with they it. They smile on your face, and it's, uh, in my opinion, that's way worse. Cause stay yeah. woke. Yeah, stay so woke. Like, yeah. Real. I'm pretty sure Alberta is worse. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is this is Tor- Toronto. Is one of the most diverse cities in Toronto. I mean, Canada. And um, if you're woke, you you could you, you could see the racism. Racism is still alive. Yeah. And it's just like, even if you go outside of Toronto, if you go to like a small town. Bro, you're the only black person there. I I got my G I got my G two or I got my G license in Lindsay, Ontario, and I was sitting in the the the, test. the driving test plate after I finished my exam, and it was it it looked like Texas. <laughs> I, I, like it, it, people like l- were looking at me like, "What's the guy doing here?" I I did not fit, and it's like 
what how 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 dare I not think people are racist in Canada? Yeah, that literally happened to me two days ago, and I even said this off mic. Like I'm at I'm at work, we're standing there at my entrance, security, and then this lady uh, comes up, she says hello to me, but then she goes talk to another employee, like it's literally right beside me, but I can't hear her, and she asks her for instructions, and then clearly it looks like the girl doesn't know what she's you know what I mean? she doesn't know the answer to the question she asked she was asked, and then I answered. Um, her question and then uh, she left and I asked the girl oh what did she say she's like oh you look like you're someone knowledgeable and I'm like oh wow she she has she was wearing plain clothing and I'm wearing a security shirt I'm dark skinned you know I'm, I'm black and she's you know what I mean she's fair skinned so it's not about racism here but it looked like it and, and my hope and, and it, it kind of ties into my next point is why do we think um, people that are not directly tied to the, the communities or the victims of gun violence um, like why can't wh- why don't we think they're affected and what are what are ways that we can change the narrative or possible solutions or, or something so I'll, I'll, I'll let Kobe answer the question first I think the main problem is as a community like people from the hood we always discount people's grief that are not from our area and even within our hood we discount people's grief that are not close to that person and I think that's completely wrong because I don't think you should see it as a negative thing that someone is sympathizing with, a, like death. It shouldn't be something you look like. Oh, you don't deserve. Like, how do you how do you tell somebody you don't deserve to be sad about a death? That's not that's not the right way to go. Like, as an example, like personally speaking, um, I went to I went to school and I and I had lunch and I had dinner and chilled. You know what I mean with with Smokey Allahyarhamu, but I haven't spoken to him. You know what I mean? I haven't chilled with him in a long, long time, right? So. Even though I ha- there was this disconnect, but every single time that I seen him afterwards, you know what I mean, just even in the neighborhood or other places, it was all friendship, all good. And then this happened to him. I'm, st- I'm, I was, I was sad. My heart dropped, but I'm not close to him. So these other people, even though they're they're disconnected, even if they didn't know him, we can't discount it. You know what I mean? They can be in the same position as me, and they can be even farther away. Still doesn't discount it. And we don't know how, but in that situation, but just any situation in general, we don't know how other people might have like affected you in a positive way. So I guess yeah. in in his situation, he was he was someone that was well known. He might have affected people in a positive way to build to to bring change in their community, in whichever avenue that they want to take. So and another thing is, even though they didn't know the person directly their death could have triggered a memory of somebody they knew who died, you know? And, and just in general, death is a sad thing. It's, it's a human reaction to be sad about death. So it's never something you should look down on. I feel like it comes from a place of selfishness, right? Because, you know, people who are affected by it directly and who are grieving the most, you know, they sort of feel like, you know, they're, what they're going through in that moment is all that's there and that's fine that's perfectly fine right that's sort of how it works right but when you focus on your own grief solely you sort of feel like anybody else's grief is minimal right so when you see other people reacting to a grief that affected you that much you sort of get upset you know why are they grieving they haven't even gone through a lot right just because they haven't gone through what you've gone through does not mean that their grief is any less valid or any less genuine for that matter. And you know, I think the solutions are to let people help, right? Because as a community, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be there for one another, right? We're supposed to help each other grieve. We're supposed to grieve together, right? That's the whole point of Atazia, right? So it's, it's about taking on other people's grief to help them sort of carry that load a little bit. So, and this is one thing that, 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 that I wanted to bring up was, you know, Save Our Somali Youth. Right? They're an organization who's been, you know, in the community, who's been helping out for a long time. You know, and I know the people who are involved, and I know that they have genuinely good intentions, right? So after the, the, the incident or the tragedy with Smokey, you know, they organized a walk, a peace walk. And the purpose was to unite people, to stand up, to, you know, to come together as a community, to sort of grieve together, to move on and try to bring up solutions. And then you had people attacking them for their intentions, attacking them, you know, calling them frauds and this and that and whatever, because they wanted to help out. And 
you know, people saying that they're trying to monopolize off of this incident because they decided to start from, you know, where Smokey was killed, Lairham. And it really, really, really bothered me. Like, it upset me because here you have people who are actively trying to come up with solutions, who are in the communities on a regular basis, actively trying to help and trying to come up with solutions. The same things that we've been crying about for ages, you know, saying we need help, we need somebody to do something. And they were out here doing that, doing what we asked, doing what we needed them to do. And you had people attacking them for that because we felt like their grief was, well, you know, didn't count or it wasn't as important or as big as other people's grief, right? And, you know, a lot of the times we have these issues where a few people will come out and say, you know, this person is monopolizing off of it because they're not directly involved and questioning people's intentions, right? Without ever looking into who they are and what they're doing and what they've been doing for the communities. And that's one thing that we have to change. We, how we change the narrative is by allowing people to help and not criticizing them for their intentions. And I think that's it for that's it for us addressing the uh, gun uh, gun issues, I guess in a way, and uh, the, the recent attacks in in the past weeks. Uh, now we're going to segue into another portion. We, we, we're going to talk about youth issues, so issues affecting the younger generation in our community. So and Zebo kind of touched on it with like those kind of organizations that are helping people and in, in, in not only Somali communities but just low income and just like like people that are just in those in, in the hood basically those kind of communities so uh, without further ado let's uh, let's get started um, and uh, I guess the first thing we could talk about is maybe changing um, the mindset like how how people how people in the hood and like kids in the hood what they see and their role model, like how we can change who their role models are, and uh, I'll let Zibo talk, talk talk about that. So go ahead, man. You know, the number one thing that's you know the most obvious is the environment. You know, the environment that you grew that you grow up in plays a vital role in you know who what direction you take in life, and you know that couldn't be more true with the you know the people in the, the neighborhood, you know the younger kids. They see a lot of people who are, you know, making fast money, who are, you know, doing things that are, you know, illegal, you know, immoral, and all of these things, because they're on a route, and that route is fast money, right? Taking the risk of, you know, their life, their 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 time, right? Their freedom, risking all of that to make fast money, and you know, sometimes when you see things enough, it becomes normal. And this is why I say environment plays an important role, because the younger kids in the, in these neighborhoods that's that's what they see. That's not all that they see, but it's what they see. So to them, somebody on standing on the corner making fast money is normal, right? And 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 how they use it is what they what they think success is. Exactly. So like you these, said, these are the people that they're looking up to. Because you guys yeah. have the money. You guys have you know what they are taught is success, right? Material success. Yeah, success for in where they're from. I exactly. Guess, exactly. And, and just to kind of I guess contrast that is like when 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 people that are privileged enough to move out, they kind of have that mentality of moving out and staying out mm-hmm. instead of coming back and showing Helping. kids like, yo, that's not the only way. Like I came from where you came from. But I did A, B, and C, mm-hmm. so I guess that that is that is the way. But what do you think, Jesus? Um, part of it is 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 education and 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 mentorship. Um, and and another part of it is is employment. So if they have like a role model, uh, that can show them the way, and uh, someone that, uh, is. Uh, um, th- that understands the way that the system is here in this in this country, the way that the school system is, and the way like employment system works, and tax, and so that they can educate themselves and they can know what they're doing on a day to day basis, and that they won't be afraid of of, of police or, or have issues with them because of the actions that they might do if they get into the wrong crowd. So, if you have the right lead, then you'll find the right path, and. 
uh, when when um, a Somali talks about uh, fast money, um, I can understand that because I used to see people um, inside my high school wearing true religions, uh, Jordans, gold teeth, chains, everything like that. Nice things. The nice things. I was okay with, you know what I mean, the Adidas superstars, some, you know what I mean, basic dickies kicks. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, uh, pants and like, you know what I mean, well, whatever, whatever you could, Whatever you could get. Whatever you could, man. Yeah. Like, parents, they dealt with me, alhamdulillah, you know what I mean, enough love. And um, that what always kept me away from them and, and doing those types of things was because I had good friends, great role models. My parents were great. And I had I never had that issue. But I can definitely understand it when, you know what I mean? You, like, were, you were able to, you know, be above that influence. I'm, I'm I steered clear. Not above it. I was just steered clear. Like, my parents were always, like, harsh on me in the nice way. Like, my mom would always say nice things and then have to be, be harsh at the right times. SubhanAllah, it's just it's from Allah. But it's it's at the end, at the end of the day, um, my mom was really, like, involved with me. So I'm, like, I'm so grateful for that. But at the same time, I feel like, like, as a neighborhood, like, we know certain influences and certain people are doing certain things and yeah at the same time uh we don't put enough effort into um the right efforts uh into the right organizations like as example like young g young g is a phenomenal like uh, uh organization that came about in our community and and uh youth to give because it teaches kids like leadership roles and teamwork and all these soft skills these skills that you know what i mean you won't get in school just by doing like a project with a group of kids like you won't like there's always shouting and fighting I mean, and all that but Going back to your point, just like Alhamdulillah, you had your parents in your house, and you know your mother hold like teaching you these things. Down, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know Alhamdulillah, but a lot of people don't get, don't have that opportunity, and, and we know, like if you live in a community, you know who doesn't have that. So, in a way, it's it's kind of like our responsibility. So like somebody doesn't have their father around, like if you and your pops are going somewhere. Invite them. Tell yeah. them you know, like, in a, like if you're if you're if you're a kid, like let's say you have a little brother or a little sister, and they're they're you know this is the home situation for their friend. Just invite them. They just even that little time mm-hmm. is enough. Is 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 like it goes a long way. So yeah, you get what I'm saying. Like no no one no one left behind. That's yeah. that's the, that's the mentality that we have to have. Kobe, go ahead. And even with the programs that we have in our community, there is a. Uh, a, like outer lane systematic type of oppression that's happening in like areas like the hood right and i feel like the only way we can come above that is to really push those programs and like as a community together fight the system that's like throwing us down and the, you know one thing that i realized a lot of times we we fall victim to is the idea of this organization is doing this that organization is doing that and you know we don't really realize that these organizations that are doing all of these things for free are made up of people who are volunteering their time. People like us who you know have jobs, who have other things that they take care of, but whatever time they can give, they give, right? So I feel like a lot of times we point the finger at other people saying, oh, this person's doing that, that person's doing that. And we sit around waiting for solutions to come when we are the ones that should be coming up with solutions. Exactly. Right. So, like the for example, the programs that we're doing in the communities is one, one or two days a week, and it's literally coming off, you know, our free time, and it's not something that we're gonna say, okay, this is we're gonna be we're taking we're making the commitments, but it's not something that we can say, you know, this is gonna last forever, and this is these are everything that we're doing is things that we're doing, you know, with whatever time and you know resources that we have, and we can't do it alone. You need right. everyone. Yeah, and not not to knock anything that those organizations are doing because the work they're doing is great, but just I guess a point of criticism in a way is maybe try to come with an approach that is more appealing to kids, which 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 the number one approach for the most part is sports, is, is sports you know, and basketball. But there's like especially this younger generation, some of them don't play sports. They just like playing video games, and like that could even like you can just use that. You know, maybe this yeah, is like right. a piece of yeah, advice. Yeah, exactly. And ultimately, because the goal is not to keep them occupied, but to get them to a place where they can trust you enough, where your advice will holds play. Weight. Yeah, exactly. It holds weight, so it, it can play a vital role in their lives, right? 
Because the first thing that before you can do anything, you have to build sort of a rapport with these kids. So you do that with these sports programs, with all of these things, and then that's where the mentoring starts. And I think another thing is, for example, the kids that don't have the role model at home or don't have the healthiest family, they could find a second home away from home. Mm-hmm. Somewhere to go yeah. to where they can talk to somebody somewhere they can go to as like these they have instead of having uh family members that are role models have like brothers in their in their yeah, neighborhood yeah. be their role models and as i know um uh sometimes not always most of the time because i'm not sure but sometimes uh it's because there's a toxic environment at home possibly or maybe they did one two things that were you know what i mean um out of line in terms of like what the parents wanted them to do or you know what I mean from like their school or, or work or stuff like that and then um, they start you know what I mean getting uh, pushed away by their, their family their siblings and stuff like that and then after that they eventually um, get closer to the street life and you know what I mean they start getting into those precarious situations and groups of people that don't necessarily do the most legal things but at the same time start to do the wrong things no, but in a way like I understand why they would does if you if you're a part of something you're you, it's like a, it's essentially brotherhood the streets the street life is brotherhood you you go into a situation and uh, brotherhood in in a way that they, fi- they they find people that they can confide in so where they lack at home they find in those situations and it's, it's completely fair like you find someone that has your back at all times you get what i'm saying so I guess, like, I understand why. So we have to build those kind of environments. But in a way, it's like, it's like there's other factors. Obviously, there's government funding that's the issue. And, like, you know, realistically, you like, people don't, you know, we don't have, nobody's rich, you know, and mm-hmm. people don't have money to, to, to kind of throw it away, in, in a sense. So I guess it's those kind of issues. Underfunding? But, yeah, underfunding. But it's And, like, um... One of the points that I said earlier was instead of using the street life to find brotherhood, they can use those programs to find their brothers there. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. that could be another outlet for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just like, it's re- realistic, it's, all, it's, all, it's, all, it's up to us, you know? Like, we're sitting here talking about it, but there has to be action behind it. Exactly. You know there saying? has to be, it's, it's up to everyone. No one's, like, no one gets to pass. On, yeah. on something like this yeah everyone yeah. needs to come together uh, the more the merrier yeah for mm. sure and um um and the, the next issue that uh, we're gonna talk about is um guns and um you know what Zeebo's very passionate about this I'll let, I'll let you take it away man the issue itself is one of those things where you know it's not black and white it's not this or that it's not right or wrong but there's it's, it's a multi-layered issue Right, but ultimately, what it comes down to is normalizing, you know, the fact that it's normal to walk around with a gun, right? And not just anybody, but youth, kids, right? You're st- the, the number of kids that are committing murders with guns is on the rise. And that's a direct result of their environment and what they see and how they're raised and, you know, just all of those things in general. And I feel like the idea of having a gun, carrying a gun, and that being normal, is what needs to be addressed before we can even tackle the issue of, you know, this person having a gun or that person having a gun. The fact that they think it's normal, the fact that I think there's nothing wrong with you know walking around with a gun. The fact that they have access. And the fact, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and realistically, it's like, how are they? Honestly, how are they getting the guns? It's it's it's, high, it's higher higher arc, uh, I don't know how to say the word but it's, it's like there's levels to it yeah, yeah. there's a hierarchy yeah. to it so honestly um, I was watching an interview which is, uh, and the, the the guy that was being interviewed he was like um, him him and all his friends are technically the older heads in, in their hood and they they stopped letting all the kids um, like gangbang they mm. stopped they like we're, we're, we're cutting it off with us and I like that in my opinion that's like that's, that's, that's a proactive yeah, solution that's a proactive solution he's like these kids want to do it and we're telling them no you can't tying into uh, what uh, a Somali was saying was uh, you know at the end of the day your actions are a product of your of your beliefs right so uh, the succession of, of the from getting to an action right from the start of a belief is like a belief it becomes a thought thought becomes 
uh, oh sorry, an intention. An intention becomes a thought. Thought becomes a, a an action. So if you don't change the root cause, then at the end of the day, you can't change the action. That's why sometimes when you talk to people and try to advise them about something, if they're not already on the path of trying to like fix up like their own situation, if you don't try to like help and uh, change their, their belief and their environment, then at the end of the day, you can't change the action. The outcome will always be the same. And this goes back to the idea of having role models. Facts. Right? Because a role model is somebody who you look up to, somebody whose opinion you value, somebody you feel like you can learn something from. And those are the people that can change, the, you know, that process. Because right? you can cut off, you know, anywhere in between from the from the action to the thought to the intention. But if you don't cut off the from the belief, then that problem is going to keep coming back. The root is still there. It's going to keep growing. Yeah, that's facts. Again, in in a way, it's like it's our. It's again, back to what I was saying before, it's our responsibility to at least make an effort in the best the best way that we can. Another thing is. The, the idea of that young kids in the hood have that having a gun is like cool like you know if I catch a body like I'm getting stripes shit like that like especially I feel like the kids now I, I don't know if you guys notice this when I was growing up I, I would never think like even even the kids that were in the wrong path they would they weren't thinking like the kids mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. now it's like they're starting way younger and they're going to like, further lengths exactly and, and, and it's the younger ones that are the most risky it's because of social media, us getting the, the like, the fantasy of being a gangster, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all those things that these rappers talk about that 90% of them don't even do because they're all famous right now. And um, and just pushing the idea that having a gun is not. And that's, that's one of the things that I want to talk about as well. You know, be the rap music and you know, drill music to be specific. Because <laughs> a lot of the times you'll see people saying, oh, you know, it's not, it's not part of you know gun violence and youth issues and things like that. When in reality, it's like you, you right now we're seeing the effects of it, right? Because you know for the longest time, it's you know the idea was it's just art, you know it doesn't you know mirror anything in real life. But now we're seeing that that wasn't the case. Now we're seeing people who, you know, and it's not just drill music, but drill music plays a big role, right? The things that you say, the things that you take in in your ears and your eyes play a in big big role in your mind because as humans we're we're sponges and the younger kids are you know they absorb a lot more it's right like subconsciously saying exactly, exactly. Yeah. so once you see it so many times in your the environment you're seeing it with your eyes you're he- you're hearing it in your ears in the music and that's those are things that you know when you bring them together change people change people's outlook on life, change people's personalities. And this is one of the reasons why music in itself is so dangerous, right? Because it can affect you. It has that effect on you. Like, you know, you listen to sad music when you're, you're sad. You That's listen true. to, you know, things that affect your emotion. You know, these are outside influences that are having an influence on your mentality, your subconscious. And these are things that are very dangerous if used in the wrong way, like we're seeing now. It's like when the vulnerable kids listen to music like that, it just makes them feel like okay, uh, these guys are these guys are rappers. They're rich. They think it's cool. Mm. And like when you're younger, like your favorite rapper is like your role model, kind of like when you when you listen to music that like they think like I remember growing up like I, I was in I was in high school when Chief Keef was coming out, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. I remember it's like also- his his influence on people was ridiculous. Like that was a I think after our like our year. The, like as the years progressed down there was more and more kids going into that life mm-hmm. yeah because they're all fantasizing yo i want to be like i want to be a driller and yeah go ahead, go ahead. And i know we we all remember when like uh, uh rappers in like you know the drill music scene started talking about mollies and stuff like that and xanax everybody started like popping mollies and xanax like i know that for a fact I swear to god right no 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 one was doing no one was doing lean and all like all that stuff like they are now B- barely, back in the days. barely anybody was wearing Versace before Migos and Drake and these guys started rapping about it now that, everybody's wearing Versace as if it's like you know what I mean like uh, Levi's and, and I think it's important to make the distinction that these aren't the sole causes no 100% music, right? no 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 but these are things it's that play like, an important yeah. role in that it's like a catalyst exactly and, I, and like again it goes back to the environment like if a white kid or uh, if a white kid or somebody that lives in the suburbs listens to drum music they're gonna be like oh that's like a far away fantasy but when you're a kid that's living in a hood, listening to that kind of music, it's like, yo, I have access to this. I can, like, it's, it's just right here. So and I, I can be a part of that life. And most of these rappers talk about, like, oh, I lost my friend. I'm going to go 
kill all those other guys' friends, and they're thinking, yo, I can relate to this. I just lost my friend. I'm going to go right out. It, pl- it plants a seed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It like, gives them kind of like, oh, it's okay to do it. It emboldens them. Yeah. Exactly. And in general, like, when you're going to when you're gonna do something bad, if you hear someone else did it before, like, ah, I'm not the only one doing it. Yeah, it yeah. gives you confidence. Yeah. And it's and not it the best confidence. To, it goes back to what I was saying, that, that sense of brotherhood and... and like what do you guys think are, are way, like we now we just that we brought up all these problems what do you what do you think what do you guys think are ways that we can maybe try and solve them or in, in in any way so I'll let I'll let Kobe go first I, I think uh, one of the points we talked about was crucial like um, getting programs getting programs especially for I feel like right now like the kids that are past um, like there's some kids that are past being told something. There's a certain age where you can't like there's like teenagers like they're not gonna listen to you especially someone that's not like them they're not gonna listen to you and I feel like we should target the younger kids right now and just push the programs. I feel like um, the leaders in our in our communities um, have done a lot and have done well. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like the Shout ones out that to are the young G yes used to give. Um, Downtown Youth Union. Downtown Youth Union. Downtown Youth Union. Yeah. See, we'll save our Somali youth. All, 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 anything that's trying to better community, like you guys are already doing it. So yeah. not to knock what you guys are doing, but just add you more. Know, adding more. That's it. More. That's and 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 the people that are that are quiet, that are on the sidelines, that um, are grieving as well, and are having a tough time with with all that's happening within our communities i feel like they should step up uh with what they have and what they can and and gather um uh, collectively with other people uh that have uh, uh like-minded ideas and and projects that they have in mind so that you know what i mean they can bring it forth and and create a positive change within our communities i think the solution is is comes from an individual level right each and every individual has a certain level of responsibility Right, whether it's doing whatever you can to help out, because ultimately, you know, you can't change the world, right? There's no one individual that can change the world, you know, in in a matter of you know one day or two days or whatever. And change comes from you know little things. You change one person's outlook and mentality, and then you know that one person can have uh, you know uh, an impact on other people, the people that are around them, and you know the change you know uh, expands like that, right? So. I feel like the ones when when you're talking about change and we're talking about helping out, it's not something that you're gonna sit down and say, "All right, I'm doing something," and then no matter what, two three months you're gonna you're gonna start seeing a difference. And that's not how it works. It usually takes a lot longer than that. So it's about you know taking initiative. Number one, making number making the commitment, making the commitment, and then number two, being patient, right? Because there are, there are there will be times where you think, okay, you know, what am I doing? Is this really even worth it? But ultimately, it's not about you. Right, because ultimately, being selfless is not easy. Right, it's not about doing something to make you feel better. It's about doing something that is eventually gonna have some sort of effect. Right, and like then the, the ripple effect. Exactly, and, and it expands out. And the the next thing I was gonna say is, at the very minimum, for each individual, if you're not gonna do anything, then you know, help the people who are, support them. You know, promote them. You know, put them, get them into the limelight. And if you can't even do that, then the, at the very minimum, just tell them that they're doing something good. No, no, I mean, like, don't criticize. Oh, yeah. Right. Don't criticize people who are doing something because you don't like how they're doing it. Right. Because the last thing you want is for people to stop doing what they're doing, and then you know we're gonna have we're gonna come back full circle. All oh, this is a problem. Where's the help? Right, yeah. I think that's 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 the most important thing it is the individual change, right? Because you can't change the world; you can only change yourself. And yeah, um, I guess we're gonna wrap wrap it up. Season one, it's over. Um, again, thanks everybody that list that's listening to the whole thing. If you guys have any kind of questions or responses or anything, just feel free to advice for next advice season. Advice for next season. Anything you guys want. Topics, all of that. Yeah, anything you guys want to see change. Um, Rex reads one on Twitter. Rexies1 at gmail.com and yeah so we, like we have a lot of things planned we're gonna hopefully do videos we're gonna um try and read 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 and get and get start programs to help kids like be more passionate about reading and like, again it goes back to like 
what we were saying if we change if we shift what what is cool in a way then you get what i'm saying and stuff like this a podcast is the first step so so you know again thanks to anybody that listens if it's benefit you guys make sure you share it you know um and if you guys have any points of criticism we'd love the feedback so that's it man thanks already know. and you already know you already know you yeah, guys yeah. however long but Bye. later days